When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I got two things to say to you before we start this episode. One, spoiler warning, in case you hadn't gotten around to watching the late 80s um, episode of Miami Vice, we will be giving it away, so apologies for that. And two, uh, this is part two uh, of, of a two-part uh, podcast. We discussed the first episode a few weeks back, so if you want to know what's going on, go back and listen to that episode first. Um, but otherwise, enjoy... Uh, Part two of Mission Zach's Miami Vice Adventures. Peace. I hate the word. Hello and welcome to Mission Zach's Leguizama Rama. It is a podcast where every week I have a big chat with a friend of mine about something that John Leguizamo's done that we've both watched. Um, sometimes we talk about the uh, John Leguizamo and sometimes we talk about stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with John Leguizamo and he would be embarrassed to be associated with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is Mish Wittrop. You might know me from a hit Netflix series coming out on November 11th called Mish's Big Old House of Fun. Uh, it's going to be big. It's going to be huge. I want to thank everyone for the love that they've given me for this Netflix series. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my friend who looks up to me, mm-hmm. uh, Zach Ruane, who you might know from. Uh, you might know from uh, um, Mission Zach's Leguizamarama. So uh, thank you so much for the uh, opportunity having me on this show. Um, but I think of you as an equal partner on this show, even though you've, you've got this, this little Netflix thing that we've yeah. known about for a while. So uh, it's good to be able to talk about it. I know, your your it's Netflix show. <laughs> It's pretty exciting. It's it's it exciting because I think, well, God, when did you tell me? You told me about it like two years ago. Yeah. A while ago. And for those of you who might um, be with us from recaps days, there was a period of time there where we didn't release an episode for about four months. Mm-hmm. And now we cats out of the bag. Um, the reason was this because I was in L.A., Making filming, a, filming a Mish's show. Big old, Mish's Big Old House of Fun to be released on Netflix. Um, and and uh, it's massive. You know, I've been working really, really hard for this. I've earned mm-hmm. it. Um, it's, I believe it to be very, very funny. I think everyone else is going to find it really funny. Um, and I think it could do great things for this podcast, Zach. So it's not all about me. That's no, and I, mean. I appreciate that. And I, I do understand that. I think, you know... Um, I'm going to try really hard to just be on it. I know you're going to be busy with like promoting that show. That's really important, but I'm going to be yeah. on it with, you know, just like, uh, like I'll do like little posts on Instagram, like, haha, you liked, um, Mish's funny character on Netflix. You'll mm-hmm. love Mission Zach's Leguizamarama. Um, I'll just do things like that. Um, exactly. Little things. And if you could share it on your Insta, that would be top notch. I'm fine to do that for you, Zach. It's not Thank a problem. You. I knew coming into this project, um, that I would have a Netflix series that would be released at the end of this mm-hmm. year. And I knew um, that that was going to throw me into a spotlight that you uh, that you wouldn't necessarily be thrown into. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I believe you to be humbled by that. Uh, am I? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm very <laughs> I humbled. I think, to be honest with you, you're just happy for your friend. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. then you think it's really awesome. And I think you think that if there is a watch part, watching party at some point, you would like to be invited to that. Yes, there, there possibly won't be because of COVID-19. Yes, um, but if there is one, I'm sure that you would want me to assure you that you would be invited. To a watch party. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Zach, you want to know that, don't you? I do want to know. Well, yes, I presume so. I, yes. I would imagine you've watched a lot of edits of Mish's Big Old House of Fun and yeah. you might uh, do premieres, you might do screenings for friends and family, but you personally have seen it enough that you're not, like personally going to want to watch it all that much. You'll want to watch it with friends. Mm. You'll want to have, you know, see what people think. But the actual sitting and watching of, of the show would be comparable, I imagine, for you to like. Yeah, Let's I'm all gather around and listen to an episode of Mission Zach's Leguizamarama sit in a circle and <laughs> listen back to <laughs> our gonna- name chatter. I, I am exhausted from watching all of all the times I hung out with Ed Helm. Get home. It's exhausting to think about it. Yeah. You know? Um, um, but, yeah, no, I think this is a good bit and I love it. <laughs> What's funny is I, 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 do you know what I realised we should have done um, if we gave any level of shit about this? <laughs> <laughs> we have to care to a certain point. I was okay. watching at 10.30 this morning. I was paying my electricity bill and watching Nine Now Season three, episode what seventeen was it? Does nine now suck, man? Nine now sucks. Watching Miami Vice, so there is a part of me that gives a shit. There's a part of me that wants to be uh, like you know, big, big, uh, big boy producer making making the good tent. So I don't like. There's a part of me that doesn't want to insult Channel Nine. You know, I got to. I mean, (coughs) I know that you've got a show you need to promote in the coming weeks, and I don't Mm -hmm. want it to be on the record that your co-host is saying. Yeah, that nine now just fucking sucks. <laughs> because maybe, maybe, maybe your publicist will be mad at you. Maybe they're going to want you to do a, a interview with Carl Stefanovic. Yeah, like how are you going to go on the Today Show if you've if you've de- if you've shat on the wonderful the fucking Al Network TV? You, I'm watching, I'm watching. Miami Vice, right? And then they have all these ads, which is fine. But they have all these ads and it's one of those things where you're watching Miami Vice and you're like, yeah, we'll talk about, I love Miami Vice so much. Mm. It's so powerful. And it's like, it's a shame about the limitations of, of uh, like not serialized, the opposite of serialized, like episodic network TV. It's yes. a shame about the limitations. Fuck, wouldn't a new version of Miami Vice be good? Like a Netflix version of Miami Vice. Wouldn't it be good? Um you're like, it's a shame about these limitations. Lucky TV has evolved past this because you're thinking mm. of your Stranger Things and your Witches and your Mandalorians. And, and then an ad comes on for just like something that is somehow shitter 30 years later. Like, this, oh, it's horrible. This person is going to solve crimes once a week on Nine <laughs> Now. My, my least favourite network television. So I went, um, when I moved house at the start of this year, um, I went a really long time without free-to-air TV because mm. I just didn't need it. Mm. Um, and then I got it installed. Fucking sick story. That, one of the best I've told. So there was not more? Is this the end No, of wait, it, they, it gets more, but I just okay. think the, the important part's over now. The important <laughs> part is wanted... I didn't have it 
And now I do. I just want to say you're so self uh, self uh, de- deprecating. Is that the word? Yeah. You yeah. need to stop because you've gotten so self deprecating. Now you are you are judging Act One of a story as a whole story. <laughs> Like that was a shit story. It didn't even have an ending. Anyway, it now started so bad. Um, no, uh, the worst free-to-air TV is morning news shows. Well, um, I love them. I love them. I think David oh, Campbell is a riot. That, that, I, no, I, I cannot wait. Uh, uh, it's funny you're saying all these things because I imagine you're reaching out to all of these shows right now to promote images. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> this is true. Um, no, but I have a feeling. I have a feeling that my show is going to be so successful that this isn't going to matter. That I say that Carl Stefanovic is a fucking pill. That like, is, you are the hubris on you right now. I mean, <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. If 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 I was in your position and I if had you a had a Netflix show, show. yeah, um, not only would I not say that, I would be upset if if the, if my co-host. <laughs> So because that being said, Zach, do you think that I should granted? <laughs> do you think that I should stop now? Yeah, well, no, it's entirely up to you. It's your show. It is my show, it's and you've made a point there, Zach. And I've decided for your sake, yeah. as my co-host, yeah. I think I'm just going to stop. <laughs> I mean, look, look, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Murdoch press. I would love to hear your thoughts on Stefanovic. I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on basically all of those platforms and things. Around January of next year. Okay, sure. <laughs> I don't know why. We'll check in then. We'll check to be honest in with then. you, no, sorry, I take back everything I said. Wow, what a weird... I haven't formed... I haven't even slightly formed an opinion on those kind of things yet. But I reckon come January, I'll have a very solid opinion, <laughs> yeah, depending on how they receive my Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving um, on. Um, uh, do we want to talk about anything else or should we just launch straight into uh, Miami Vice? I think that we've covered the fact that I have a Netflix show coming out. Um, oh, we should I, cover I, the fact that we bank episodes. So that you announce your Netflix show. This is why I looked yeah. up. You announced your Netflix show two weeks ago. It's coming out now. I looked this up. It's coming out now to the listener in uh, six days. It's coming out in oh. uh, just under a week. Um, Great. So... So uh, so it is strange that we've had on guests the last couple of weeks. It's because we banked the episodes and we didn't think to go, well, this is coming out after the announcement of Misha's show, so let's talk about it from here on out because, my God, the level of forethought that would have involved. Yeah, uh, We are struggling to watch an hour of television, let alone go, yeah. should we talk about the Netflix show? Anyway, mm. so it's out in six days and, and, and I know you wanted to tell the listeners – um, to to jump on the Netflix app and hit the remind me bell. Yeah, you. thank you. And see, the thing is, I'm glad that you said it because I don't want to drill this home too much. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk. I don't want to talk about. It. I'm on a different platform right now. I'm doing my podcast, which yeah. is my my first love. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I didn't want to, but okay. Now that you've brought it up, yeah. Um, and correct me if I get any of this wrong, Zach. Well, I wouldn't know. I didn't. You wouldn't know, but I'm going to from a, the based, Netflix head of publicity um, comedy, based solely off eye contact over Zoom right now. I'm going to I'm going to hopefully get all of this right mm-hmm. about my Netflix show. Mm-hmm. Please jump onto the Netflix app or Netflix on your smart TV. I don't know. Yep. Um. Select search Auntie Donna. Okay. Sure. Which is my show. <laughs> You can search Big Old House of Fun for Mission. Or Big Old House, House of Fun. fun. 
I believe they put um, in big old house of fun. They put in a lot of different variants. Who knows? And then, then, then put it, save it to your watch list, or remind me, or or something like that. Right. Put the little yep. bell. I think there's a bell. Maybe and you I put don't that know. in there, and then you get alerted yeah. when it's out. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if, if I, you know, I wish I knew so I could correct you, uh, but I don't. It's not yeah. my show. Uh, I think you've communicated that way. I think it's clear. Um, um, I think it's really very good. clear. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> shall we launch into it? I think so. I'm very excited. I'm excited too. I copy pasted the bulk of my uh, the bulk of my episode description, but I put a couple of nugs in there. Oh, that's good. Should we start your um before you um, launch out into the blurb? Should we start it with a little bit of Miami Vice theme song? Uh, yeah. Hey, now that yeah. Tom's editing it, yeah. Do you want to just say, Tom, put the Miami Vice music in now? Well, this is great because this would be a good when we listen back to this afterwards. It's a test. It's a test to see whether we remembered to tell him or whether he actually listens when we request this. I love that it was like, yeah, so, it's a test of if he actually listens. <laughs> but really, What's it's... the timestamp right now? Do we know? Not no, really. No, no. Yeah, that's good. So if anyone's listening, we just got Tom in. The reason why I'm not like, no, you can't say that anymore is because I'm no longer editing it out. Mish can say anything she wants and I'll just be like, <laughs> timestamp it, babe. <laughs> Carl Stefanovic's the cunt. <laughs> okay, timestamp that, babe. <laughs> Um, all right, so Tom uh, Tom Armstrong, musical genius. At this point, can you please insert around about ten seconds of Miami Vice theme music? Yeah. Okay, did he do it? Did he do it? Let I us know. know. Let us know. <laughs> Let this us know. Social media engagement. <laughs> Let us know um, on the comments. Of, we'll forget to post about this. Exactly. But on whatever thing we've posted on the day you listen, you let us know if Tom put in the Miami Vice music. If he didn't, it's not his fault. It's our fault for not telling him. It's absolutely our fault. All right, Zach, launch into the blurb, please. No worries. Tom Armstrong, of course, of, of Auntie Donna. He's doing our sound now. I just realised how. Also created the um, our theme music yeah, for did. Mission Zach's Like Wazamarama, which people are fucking frothing over. They're loving it. They love it. Hey, Tom, can you, because uh, Mish did only tell you to play 10 seconds, so that ran out a little bit ago. <laughs> Could you start playing it again? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Tom. Can you insert another 10 seconds here? And and if, if, if in this 10 seconds it runs out, just loop it. I know we could tell you to play the whole song, <laughs> the whole piece of music, and, and, and just cut it out at a good time, you know, because you, you do this for a job. But what we'd love is for you to just wrote, loop the 10 seconds that you chose and just loop okay. it. And so at this done. point, Tom, we've given you a lot of information. If the music has ended, you've, you've looped it, but it's ended, whatever's happened, can you insert another 10 seconds now? Great, thank you. When, when I asked Tom to do this, he said, is it, <laughs> is it a big job? Is there lots of editing? I said, no, no, you know, unless we say something brutally offensive, unless we, like, destroy Zach's contacts in the, in the old media in order to promote Misha's show, um, and, unless something like that happens, unless we decide on the spot to play 10 seconds of music on loop every time we demand him to, I mean, it's really just going to be about syncing the audio and putting it out. Yeah. Anyway, so- another 10 seconds, Tom. <laughs> Chuck it in. Chuck it in. The Afternoon Plane is the 17th episode of Miami Vice's third season. It premiered on February 20. That's early. Oh, that's the American winter. That makes sense. It premiered on February 20, 1987 and was rerun on August 12, 1988. It's important. 
The episode features the return of Orlando Calderone and serves as a conclusion to a long-running saga of the Calderone family. In this episode of what was the coolest show on television at the time, Tubbs wins a vacation to an island off Orlando in a church raffle. It soon emerges, however, (laughs) that the competition was a ploy by Orlando Calderone to get him out of Miami so that the drug lord might exact his revenge. This episode has everything you could possibly expect from an episode of Miami Vice. It is a veritable feast of aesthetic, action, the sexiest actors you could possibly imagine, unironic macho posturing, pastels, panpipe, questionable ethical positions on guns and cops, and a whole lot of exposition. Panpipe? Who does John Leguizamo play, Zach? The the one, the Calderone. He's back. Yeah, and, he's back. But it's more, it's less about, and I'll probably talk about this when we get to the uh, Leguizamo score, because he's not in it much, mm. but his presence is felt. It's the thick. The entire, t- well, most of the time. Mm. There's a Mm. bit of banter at the top and a sex scene, but everywhere else it's thick with (laughs) tension, anticipation. It's good. Um, I think it's also, it's less so about the shiny purple shirt and more so about the giant white suit that he wears. (laughs) Oh, my God. Everyone's like, Miami Vice is the most 80s show that ever existed. Um, Well, excuse me, the 1920s, is is in contention there because he literally looks like Al Capone, yeah, like a little Al Capone. <laughs> yeah, he steps off a private jet with a cigarette in a giant suit and a hat. A, a hat. What what kind of hat is that? Like a fedora? Yeah, it's hat. literally. And then like yeah. everyone, the way everyone acts, like everyone's like, um, everyone like it's all like. Uh, uh, everyone just like has Tommy guns and like, yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, it's just real. It's just suddenly someone yeah. came to set and they were like, oh, fuck, I want to do some 20s gangster shit. Oh, it's in- it's crazy. I-, I haven't watched. I know I said last episode of Miami Vice that I wanted to watch a lot of Miami Vice and I still do. Mm. I have not gotten around to it because all I've watched is RuPaul's Drag Race and then a movie that John Leguizamo was made at some point during the week. That's all I've watched. I'd like to know if there's as much Tommy Gunn action in all episodes of Miami Vice as there is in the the last the episodes that we've watched. There's always, if if not a Tommy Gunn, like at least like a chunky a chunky semi automatic and like mm. a there's a pose they do. Yeah, God, the show just aesthetic. Mm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like this one, even more than the last one. The last one had more of it because it was very music videoy. But this one was just like. Oh, oh boy! That yeah, just, it, was good. it looked good. You just need to watch the opening credits of Miami Vice to really get an understanding of what the show is about and to know what you're in for. Like, it's not the credits of Miami Vice don't hide anything. They're not trying to be subtle. It's literally like the Miami Vice theme music that Tom played for about forty five minutes before mm. uh, we launched or into this. Depends. Or didn't? If we Who knows? To tell him to do it. Yeah. Um, it opens with the Miami Vice theme music and then it's just like speed boats, women in bikinis, men showering bullets on other men, mm. pastel suits, 
more women in bikinis, uh, a high-speed car chase, mm. men laughing on a pier, mm. women in bikinis, and then more panpipe. <laughs> it's, it's, it is just like a, I think I said this in the last one, but my favourite thing, and I've said this, I say this all the time, but contrast. Did I say this a million times all the time? Yes. But Oh, yum, 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 yum. It's like... There's so much shit in this show that, like, would be too much. Like, the, how much show it is, it's silly mm. how much show it is, right? It's silly. But because they're wearing pastel and because mm. it's like, it's just such a vibe. <laughs> it is such a vibe. It is such I mean, a vibe. So... I want to touch on um, his relationship that he has with a woman named Alicia in this episode. So the last episode, so we've missed a lot because it's been 17 episodes. Oh, like, yeah. That we've missed. Um, he was in love with that woman who had his child and didn't tell him about it. Mm. And then she died in an exploding car accident. Mm-hmm, so we saw did. all of this in the last episode that mm. we watched. Um and now, 17 episodes later, he's in love with a woman named Alicia mm. and she loves him too and um, all his friends seem to hit on her in front of him <laughs> quite quite heavily. <laughs> they're all like these like these guys will come up and be like, hey, Tubbs, how you been? And then they see he's like, this is Alicia. And they're like, wow, you look sexy and beautiful. And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like man. She yeah my, man. She's my woman. Yeah, man. She's That's my, my woman. woman. Yeah, she's my woman. And then their friend's like, well done, Tubbs. You've done good for yourself. He's like, yeah, ma'am. <laughs> That's that's my girl. Mm. I love. We're gonna go to a island retreat that I won in a church raffle. <laughs> the coolest show, Miami Vice. It's aesthetic. It's Michael Mann. It's it's law. It's 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 moral ambiguity. It's characters winning church raffles and their best friend congratulating them and then and then just taking the week off. Presumably, yeah. no Don yeah, Johnson just, in this episode. <laughs> No, not a lot. Not a lot of Don Johnson, who still looks like he wants to be Kevin Costner. Or, as you established last episode, it's most likely that Kevin Costner wants to look like Don Johnson. Yeah, Kevin Costner's the one that we need to... It's wrong that Don Johnson... Well, no, there's this place in this world, unlike Engel and Cart and Hart, Engel, 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 Hart. Echo Hart. Echo Hart. There's only room for one of them. Yes. But there's... There's room. I've got, there's, there's room in my heart for at least a half dozen Kevin Don Johnsons. Don Johnsons. Because <laughs> it's Engel Engelhart. Mm. Who's the one from, uh, who's the one that plays sexy, um, sexy Elton John? Who plays sexy Elton John? So it's like um, the story of Elton John, but uh, if he was sexy, you know, the, the, where, you know, the, oh, the movie that oh, came out. And he, did, he did the movie I'm Still Standing. Yeah, or yeah, or Rocket Man was it the movie? Oh yeah, no, I'm still standing. As that sounds like I'm still, still standing. standing. Um, no, because he, he, that that young gentleman, darling, that was Taron Egerton. So Taron Egerton, <laughs> we talked about him last episode. No, this is well. I'm doing callbacks here. Yeah, Taron Egerton stole Angle Angle Angle. Ans heart, un, an, angle, angle heart. You know angle. You know who angle Eckle heart. Angles, angle Eckle's heart. Yes. Taron Egerton stole it from him. Angle was like angling for the throne. Cute. Thank you. 
<laughs> and then Taron Egerton took it. Whereas I think Kevin Spacey, Don Johnson, they sat down and Don Johnson's like, my kingdom. You mean Kevin Costner, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I meant Kevin Costner. Kevin Spacey okay. can fuck off IMHO. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get an interview on today. <laughs> um, Kevin Costner. And Don Johnson, I think, sat down in much the same way that two war powers will sit down in a, in a neutral territory. So I'm thinking television film here. So, like, in the same way that Vietnam and America sat down in, in France and had negotiations, mm-hmm. um, I imagine that, like, in, like, a library or a book place or a theatre, maybe theatre. So in a theatre, uh, Don Johnson sat down and um, Kevin Costner sat down and Kevin Costner says said, I'll have the movies, I'll be king of the movies, and Don Johnson said, and I'll be king of the television. Yes. And they made that, they shook hands and they walked off and they said... I see that happening in a Starbucks. Yes, yes, that, yeah, maybe, maybe that's where it happened. To me it happened in the Starbucks over, they both ordered Frappuccinos. Yes. And um, sat by a window. Together. Was Starbucks, uh, I mean, Starbucks exist. was this the C- original Seattle Starbucks? Because they would have had to have had the meeting in the late 80s, even mid-80s. It would have had to be mid-80s while they were building their careers. Um, I don't know if Starbucks existed then. I've not thought to look. Mm. But I well, think so. If you're going to start making jokes like that, Mish, <laughs> it's, it's imperative you research. do <laughs> Um, anyway, okay. I took this right off the rails with my Engel Anson heart talk. No, 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 it's fine. I think it's fair. It's not like you to go off the rails. <laughs> I am going to lose. Can I just say, I was just doing a little dance. I, um, <laughs> I uh, you know, it's good to try to keep the amount of podcasts you do in a, in a 24-hour window to a minimum. Yeah. I think the net week, next, neck week, net week, I just want to say to the audience... <laughs> To our listener, uh, what you're about to see over the next 10 weeks is Zachary Wayne on Zoom every day promoting Mish's show. I'm going to stick to that. That's good for the, for the gag. I'm such, I'm such a cunt. About two minutes ago, I saw, I saw you having a moment and I was like, I could save this. Or I could just let him... No, Keep I think it's going. Good. I think we've got to build this in. So what's going to happen over the next 10 weeks is you're going to get a Zachary Wayne. So right now, okay, right now, mm. you've got a Zachary Wayne who uh, announced a show on Wednesday, uh, did something. I can't even remember what I did yesterday. At 9 p.m., I went on a live stream on LinkedIn promoting my, my, my your show. On at, LinkedIn? Yeah, and then at 9 a.m., I did... Uh, podcast with Auntie Donna with uh, someone from the boys. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and then and then we had a more chat and now I'm here and I'm about to go and do Sam Peterson's podcast, not to promote anything, just because I love Sammy P. <laughs> Sammy P is the best. Um, um, if you want to listen to somebody who knows what they're doing, <laughs> listen to Sammy P <laughs> and his podcast, Confessions of the Idiots. Can I just say that you've said one fallacy that I just want to call you out on. Um, I know what I'm doing. I choose not to do it because I'm selfish and I don't care for the list. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I love you. I love you. We like to call you our little legua babies. Legua babies. Legua babies. 
Love our Lego babies. We love our little anyway. Lego babies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Let's, let's jump back onto Miami Vice, shall we? Okay, yes. Um, I want to talk about, like I said, there's this the romance between Alicia and Tubbs that's mm-hmm. brand new to us as um, viewers of only two episodes. Um, but then once they get to this island, Tubbs and Alicia, to have a romantic tropical getaway, mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing happens and I'm so glad it did. Mm. And it was a delicious montage. Oh. Oh, one of... Like, okay, so the last episode we watched had two. Two. And it was great, delicious. Mm. This episode only had one, but it rivals all montages. That's good. It was Tubbs and Alicia on a horse, <laughs> riding a horse down a beach, no one else on this beach, in slow-mo, but not so slow that it's like that's slow-mo, but slow enough to go that's not regular speed. <laughs> And at one point they both get off the horse and start having a pash. Like, no, they were pashing on the horse. Then they get off the horse and have a pash. Then they start stroking each other's faces. They do, yes. Right? So, so far in the budget they were able to afford a horse and a beach, like a length of beach. Then they go, we need to do this montage of Tubbs and Alicia having a really good time on this island. We're almost out of money. We only have time to do one other frame and it can't be an expensive one. So they just put them then on a porch drinking what looks like cordial, (laughs) just in a tumbler, um, and they smile at each other and he rubs her back. So the fun time that they're having on this deserted island is pashing on a horse and then drinking cordial on a porch. Oh. Then it just cuts. This montage fight, like ends with a cut of them having just the most full-on sweaty sex. You don't see bodies. You don't see humping. But it's just their kind of like decolletage up to their heads. And they're just like writhing about sweaty. And that's meant to represent... <clears throat> That Alicia and Tubbs have had a fucking sick time so far. They're having a great holiday on their church raffle winning trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, that you're uh, there. I that is the funniest observation you've ever made. You know, when someone says something, it's like I think the, you know the Greeks had twenty words for love, and I think there's many many words for funny. And people yeah. are like, oh, you know, the funniest things are the ones where you like can't stop laughing. You know, usually, yeah. when you can't stop laughing, it's it's like it almost becomes a physical thing, you know what I mean? Yes. I think the funniest things, the funniest, the truly funniest things are the ones where it's like too funny to laugh because if I laugh, I'll run out of breath and I'll die. And your observation, <laughs> your observation that they wrote the montage, that they wrote this montage and then, and then um, before the second rewrite, I think this is what you observed, they were like, this montage is great, but we only have a half day and we really can only do it on one location. So instead of the trip to the, um, you know, the shops or instead of this hike up the mountain. Snorkeling. The yeah. snorkeling scene. 
uh, could we do something on the location? And they've gone, what's, what's there? And they're like, well, we've got a lovely balcony and, um, you know, we've got, and they're like, maybe, okay, maybe they could drink some cordial on it. And they're like, that, that's great. That's really going to help us. But they're also like, but fuck, what else, what are we going to do though? Because now that's only two scenes. Like just extend the horse one. Just like, just extend. extend the horse scene. So they've ridden down on a horse. Have them just get off the horse. Just get off the horse. So then they just get off the horse. So they pass on the horse. Get off. Pass in front of the horse. Mm. <laughs> that poor horse. That, that um, horse, is, is it's, it's very full on for that horse. Oh, so full on. But, but they got the a most horse. Am- the most amazing thing happens, mm-hmm. which I think is like the making of a brilliant horror film, is... They discover that Orlando Calderoni wants to come and kill Tubbs. They figure this out, that this whole thing was a setup by the Calderoni family mm-hmm. to get Tubbs on this island so they can just shower him with bullets in their Mish, Tommy gun. before you say what you're about to say, can I just say one thing? Uh, you know, I was only half watching. I wasn't really paying attention or anything. Um, um, and I got, I got I, I missed maybe 20 minutes of the episode, right? And the whole time I was thinking, God, couldn't they just get off the island? Couldn't they just... Couldn't they just get off the island? Um, sorry, was there any, did they maybe do one line or a throwaway moment or something? Because I missed 20 minutes and I was just like, maybe something happened in that 20 minutes where they just subtly hinted at why they couldn't get off the island. Okay. Um, so, so, sorry, I just wanted to ask that question before no, you No, no, it's a fair question. It. So you'd think, you find out that someone wants to come to an island mm-hmm. to kill you. Mm. Now, your instinct might be to contact somebody mm. and say, I'm in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Mm. That might be your instinct. But you could also be like, maybe I should just find a way to get off this island before they get here. I could go get a plane maybe or a boat. But then you find out in your journey to try and get on a plane and tr- or try to get on a boat that not only does this one man who's flying into the island that night to kill you, not only does he want you dead, but every resident on the island mm. wants you dead. Mm. So the entire island wants to kill Tubbs because he killed this Calderoni guy like a few years back. And apparently that Calderoni guy's drug money was keeping this island operating. So the island really liked him and they miss him yeah. and his money. So the fact that Tubbs is there to be shot down with that bullets makes... That is actually great. That is actually... Yeah. I thought you were going to make like a joke about the fact that what could have been one line... At the hotel of like, I checked with the plane, I checked with the boats, I couldn't do it. They made full scenes. But I think I was not giving it enough. That's actually very, uh, very cool. How cool is that, though? It's so also- like the entire episode is these two are stuck now on an island where everyone hates them. And the thing is, like Zach said, they do a whole bunch of scenes. So firstly, the guy who runs the hotel is such a bitchy queen. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's watching RuPaul's. Dude, so much. But, like, no, he was just like, get fucked. Like, he hated them. I'm a particular fan of him going to the airport. and Now, I don't know how technology in the 80s worked. But I reckon they had phones on islands. And they go, when they go to the airport and he's like, hey, can you use your radio? He's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Can't do it. Nah. He's like, but I, really, but I really need to get on a plane. Orlando Calderoni is coming to kill me. He's like, there's nothing we can. That's an Aussie. <laughs> it wasn't. All of a sudden. All of a sudden an Australian politician is working. Oh, there's nothing I, we can do about that. I'm well, so sorry. Well, I don't sorry. think there's anything we can do. We don't work on a Sunday. <laughs> We just don't bloody work on a Sunday. No, so some guys are cunt. So then he goes to this little shack that has, like, they sell beers 
and there's a bunch of men sitting around drinking beers. They're they, all fishermen. Can I just ask, do they sell beers uh, on that shack or is that just like some great art design? Because at the because the, the, to be clear, there's this like, it's what would normally be, it's again the beautiful Miami Vice contrast of like aspirational meets scary macho. Because what happens is it's these dirty fishermen, rough and tumble, you know. A lot of them are probably dope, uh, dope smugglers. Um, but at the front is just like this beautiful, like like they just bought it from Bed Bath and Beyond, um, mm-hmm. wooden crate of iced beers. Yeah. <laughs> so are you saying they were selling? The, I just thought it was like a couple of rough and tumble fishermen just with their beautiful barrel of beers <laughs> and a fresh a fresh bag of ice. And if you noticed as well, they're all wearing like these rough and tumble fishermen are wearing their like kind of dirty, raggedy fisherman shirts. But then they all have really crisp white socks. Fucking hell, I love this show so much. Oh, it's so, so good. Um, yeah, so the, they, he goes to the fisherman, he's like, I just really need a boat, I need to get out of here. And they're all just like, get out of this beer shack. Mm. We're done with you. And then there's this one fisherman who stands up to help them and then his other fisherman friends go, sit down. That we're gonna, that man's gonna get it from Orlando, and we all hate him. Then there's a scene where he goes into a church, and that was really confusing because then the preacher was like, "May God be with you, son, but we don't want to help you. Like, mm-hmm. you you killed the drug lord that keeps this church uh, running." They literally probably do like seven scenes where they could have done maybe two because that he yeah. also goes to a town hall meeting, he goes to a local shop, he goes back to the boat of the fisherman that doubted. He yeah. like he goes to so many people, and the scene always plays out as you don't understand. Orlando Colon Caroni does everything that you know we need him to do in this town, mm-hmm. but it happens like genuinely a lot. Yeah. It's very cool, but it happens like cons- so much. Considering they they could they like they had to cut stuff from the montage, it, presumably, mm. they possibly could have cut like the 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 church scene or But the- they couldn't cut too much from the montage because they obviously had rights to the entire song One Kiss Away by Los Neto, which played during Do you want to hear it? I'm just going to play it off my phone. Yeah, play this it. Is, I love this. This is the good shit. Tom, don't worry about this part because I've just got it up on my phone. This is so we had Phil Collins mm. in the last episode. This time we have someone named Loz Neto, who I've never heard of, but what a tune. Doesn't that song make you want to pash on a horse? Yeah. Do you, you seen the film Drive? You seen Drive, the film yes. Drive? I remember watching Drive in like, you know, when I was like 19. 18, and I remember just being like, fuck, this is like the best movie ever. And I That's... reckon if I had seen Miami Vice, I would have been like, it's good, but it's no Miami Vice. Drive is I... the one where Ryan Gosling does a passion bash in the, in the elevator, right? Yes, so so it's, it's, it's like it takes the uh, – I remember thinking this is the most original thing I've ever seen, but when I think about it, it just is like – Everything that's great about '80s Miami Vice, yeah, turned up. You know, it's like, mm. but that I, it, it, it's the sort of thing where it's like he'll head stomp someone. You'll see the head stomp. It's so viciously upsetting, and then he'll walk down the hallway to like synthy pop, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's real. Delicious. Like it's exactly the vibe. It's everything because apparently it was just like a '70s thriller in script, and then the director was like, "This needs synth pop," and it's like, yes, it does. That's great. <laughs> 
That's so good. It's where Miami Vice is. It's like, this is cool. I love that you're making these like morally morally questionable mm. cop shows. What about pastel synth pop and pan pipe? And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, that's what, yes. Yes, that's what we're going to do. Um, so then anyway, Tubbs, after realising that absolutely no one on the island is going to mm-hmm. help him, he's going to die, rather than doing a bunch of things that would be normal to do to try, mm. like I, I feel, um, what he decides is he needs a weapon. <laughs> Because oh. he's like, so so the second half of the movie, so the first half of the movie is him spent trying to find someone to help him. Um, it's him pashing on a horse and then trying to find someone to help him uh, get off the island. When he realises that's not going to happen, the second half of the movie is him desperately trying to find a weapon. Just get a gun. Um, he's got to get a gun because once he has a gun, he's he's fine. All he needs is a gun. Because once you have a gun, you can shower someone with bullets. So to, for context, on this island, they have no guns. And, and uh, the, there's just like, I was like, Ooh, oh, I, I don't know what they're trying to say here. And then in the town hall, this like l- loser, stupid mayor is like, um, we don't have guns on this town. He's like, you think, you think Orlando has no guns? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. They're, they're, they're very much saying, you know, they're, they're very much going for the argument of, you know, guns are good. Yeah. <laughs> oh Yeah, it's, it's very kind Uh-oh. of like, oh. It's a little crook. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of police corruption in there as That's well. A little... Here's my a little question bit of that. <laughs> to you, Mish, just generally about the whole show. We don't need to, you don't need to hear two white kids from Australia's opinion on police corruption. But what I will ask is, do you think the show is morally questionable and is, um, is like making, the, I don't think you can make this funny. I'm so sorry for going down this path. Do you think the show is morally questionable uh, in, a, um, in a sense that it's endorsing morally questionable ideas or do you think it's a show <clears throat> showing the greyness, showing the moral like ambiguity within these power dynamics to the best of its ability within network television in the late 80s? It's hard to say for the late 80s because that is literally when I was born. Mm. Um, so I don't know then. I was born in 2000. I'm 19. <laughs> <laughs> I was All born right. in 99. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for anyone listening. If you're not seeing the visual, I'm stretching my face up to imply I've had <laughs> Botox. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I got I got asked for ID the other day. Oh, babe, good for you. I nearly fucking I nearly jumped the counter and fucking had my way with that man. <laughs> what, what? At what age? This is these are the two important questions. Wait, which question do you want me? To so answer? we'll get back to the serious one okay. that's very hard to make funny. The second one is at what age is asking for an ID? At what age does that become a compliment? Okay, I have answers to both of those. Okay, let's go for the second one first. The second or, one first. Or the first one first and then you can end on a funny. Yeah, that's Yeah, better. I'll do that. <laughs> so I think that if anyone was to watch Miami Vice now, mm-hmm. you couldn't take the show seriously at any point. At any point. They're like no one in their right mind would watch Miami Vice and go, yes, that is how 
I would like the police to be Mm -hmm, mm. Um, or that's how I would like my relationship to be. Mm. And you also wouldn't be able to pick and choose like that. You couldn't be like, oh, no, I don't think that um, we should be promoting the use of weaponry and violence and the only way out of a situation is by killing someone with a gun. Oh, but I also really want to pash that person on a horse. Mm. Like, like, so maybe it's like, oh, it's like you can't pick and choose and no one could take it seriously. Back in the late 80s, I don't know. I, I actually don't know the answer to that question, but I can say that now no one could take any of it seriously because know? of the because of the pan pipe and the pastels <laughs> and the, and the ridiculousness. You can't then turn around and be like, "Hold on a second, this show seems like it's really pro gun," and like uh, you know they they're really trying to protect their. Is it the Fifth Amendment? Oh, I Is, don't know. Who fucking knows? Um, <laughs> So, no, I don't know. And the other, the answer, so I don't know about in the late 80s, but now, no, I don't feel like it's trying to actively promote. But do you know what I mean? I guess in the other thing is, do you think, like, because Michael Mann is a producer and, like, some of his films, like, Heat is very, like, who is the good guy here? And, like, who is, is, are the cops? There's a lot of questioning, there's a lot of corruption in the police force. And I think often there's not a sense that, that corruption equals a greater good. Like in a lot of his films where he has more artistic freedom, the corruption is often like who, who's good here? Like uh, the crime bosses, you know, like Heat has no, a bit see, of that. I don't think that. This is just an assumption. I don't think that when Miami Vice was being made and those, I think it's six seasons, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. sure of that show was being made, I don't think they even considered morality. I don't think that they were even going, what is our moral standing in this? I think it was like we need to make a masculine show. For, yeah. for men and this is how and men like this and men talk like this I do feel like that's what they were going for and in the late 80s that was masculine <laughs> I'd be and so I'd be so curious to know because I think you're possibly right because it is like the 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 mask it, it it almost feels like it's a comment on that stuff but yes. maybe I'm applying it does a, now it, yeah. I think it does now in in 2020 but I think back then it was just like cool or every every fucking Tom Dick and Harry wanted to have sex with Tubbs or Don Johnson and they were just like they were the coolest men in the world my dad had a very similar jacket to the one that John Leguizamo that's was so wearing funny. that's so but funny. like those double they went to a wet the, the the episode opens at a wedding and they're all wearing double breasted <sighs> Suits. It's so good. But, like, that made men want to wear pastel double-breasted yeah. suits. My dad had one. He had a, a a pale pink. No, he didn't. He had a white one and he'd wear it with a pale pink shirt that would be unbuttoned essentially down to his navel. Amazing. Like, Amazing. Yeah. And no, my, yeah, dad, my dad was a New Jersey guy and that was the fucking coolest thing ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very – no, it's very – I think you're absolutely right. I don't think that – like, I look at it now and I'm like, hmm, so interesting. But to th- then it was just like, cool. We're yeah, the good just, guys. This is so and cool. It- and how cool are gunfights between men? Um, but the answer to your other question is 25 mm, okay, is when yeah. it starts to – I think um, – I remember when I turned 18 and I started getting asked for ID, I'd be like, oh, this is so annoying. Mm. Like – but deep down, I was like, I love that I can show my ID and show that I'm old enough to mm, get yeah, a absolutely. Guava Cruiser. You yeah. know what I mean? Whereas now at 32, um, I hadn't been asked for a while. It's a novelty when I get asked. I have a face of a, a young person, but it's mm. not like I have the face of a fucking 18-year-old. Like I don't think I look 32. Mm. But when I get asked now, I make, I'm make i like so thankful. And I don't know why. That's a stupid thing. I shouldn't be like so happy to look younger than I am. Mm. But it's just nice. It's just nice to know that um, 
I'd say 27. I think it's 25 in my opinion. Yeah, that's a good one. I, yeah, I reckon, I reckon it was around 27 for me. Um, but I don't think it's even, no, maybe even 30. Like, I think I'm, I'm only starting to feel old now. Like I was always like, I want to be older. I want to be older. I want to be like, a, and that, now I'm like, oh, I'm old. <laughs> I'm gross. The, the things that I recognize, like this is a, this is genuine. It's a bit funny and we're yeah, allowed to have a laugh, <laughs> but this is genuine. It has only been in the last two years. So since I turned 30, it's only been in the last two years that I have noticed the drop of my tit. Like Honestly, I, I can see a, a big difference between now when I look in the mirror without a shirt on, which is often yeah, because get it, girl, <laughs> um, to when I was 30 and I'd do it. And I, I was like, wow, like there, there has been a significant drop in my tit. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. They're still great. <laughs> they're, they're, still, they're still great, but they're dropping. And I'm like, well, there you go. It's real. Age is real. It's like, uh, it's like, this is, this is, it's almost like I, I, you know, I, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm a bit Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. This is not an invitation for you as a listener to talk about my weight. Mm. This is my thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit Oprah Winfrey with my weight and, and I'm a bit up and down. I'm very up and down, very, and, and one thing I think that, um, I realized maybe like last year was that my goal weight was off because I was like, what I, when I decided the weight I wanted to be, I wanted to look like that fucking cunt from skin season three and four. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, the one that Effie cooked. No, oh, not no, cook, the, the one that the Effie. Main one. Like I didn't want to, like I wanted to have that body. What that, was like, his name? I don't know, but he was a very handsome boy. Yeah. Uh, from memory, not now. I'm, anyway, and he, I wanted to look like that, you know? I wanted mm. to be able to, like, drape clothes on myself mm. and just, like, you know. And then it's like you hit an age where I wouldn't look like that. I would look like Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, the other I thing. Have... I'm aware that if I was to lose a whole bunch of weight, it's not like I'd bounce back and all of a sudden I would look like this tight little thing. This skin isn't good. This skin is not bouncing back now. Like, my body's just gone, all right. So when you lose a lot of weight... You're just going to look like a wet towel. <laughs> Welcome to Wet Towel and Steve Buscemi's Leguizamarama. <laughs> Can you imagine if Steve Buscemi started a podcast with a wet towel? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's really funny. That's really funny. Uh, that's so good. Vincent D'Onofrio. Is Can that, someone that please D'Onofrio? draw a picture? Please draw a picture of Steve Buscemi in a wet towel or just superimpose <laughs> the images. I just want to see it. I just want to see them together. Someone out there, that's your homework. Please, please. do that. That's very funny. Um, <laughs> but was that Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> hell. So also hell. when Tubbs gets off the plane on the, on the island before he realises that everyone there wants him to die, the first person he bumps into is Vincent D'Onofrio. Now, I don't know if you can guess at this point. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, you probably can assume I am, and I'm going to guess Mish is, a fan of the Danoff. <laughs> we love the Danoff. The Danoffinator. What a treat. Oh. You know when you, when you, um, when you uh, open up your Uber Eats bag yeah. and... Um, the other day I got some I got some burgers and I opened up my Uber Eats bag and there was some, a little thing of M&Ms in it. 
And I was like, fuck, I love M&M's. Oh, that's nice. But I didn't order M&M's. They've just, like, put some mini M&M's in here as a little treat. Mm. Uh, maybe to ingratiate themselves to the brand and or that sort of thing. I was like, that's so lovely. That's what, when you're doing a podcast about... Uh, about John Leguizamo mm-hmm. and then fucking young D'Onofrio is just there. What a treat. That was, I was so happy to see a bit of D'Onofrio. Oh, what's your favourite D'Onofrio? Fave D'Onof. I have my answer. D'Onof? You got your fave D'Onof? For my fave think- D'Onof, a hundy, a hundy is Full Metal Jacket. I was going to say it's a, it's a, it's a tie. Uh, for me, but I think I was going to land on, on Full Metal Jacket. It's a tie between Full Metal Jacket, uh, Law and Order, Criminal Intent, mm. and um, of, of, I think you got to say Men in Black. Mm. you got to give him a bit of Men All in right, Black. All right, I'll give him a bit of Men in Black. But, but full- I actually think, no, I, I Full Metal Jacket is the winner. What a great sure. film. But also, just doing quick shout-outs for, peop- uh, for other people that were in this episode that's worth noting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a woman in it named Sally who doesn't need to be there for a while, but at a certain point it's established that Sally and Tubbs have fucked at some point. Is this the other sexy woman? The other sexy woman. So another sexy so woman shows up. So much sex appeal in this episode, my God. Yeah, so another sexy woman shows up. I, I could go into detail. You guys are probably very confused, but it's not necessary. She's a sexy woman who shows up that Tubbs has clearly fucked and then her and Alicia have a fight because that's what women do over men. They have like mm-hmm. a little bit of a bickering about who's who Tubbs wants more. It's fine. Whoever's whoever the the character Sally is played by someone named Margaret Avery, who played Shug Avery in The Color Purple. Yeah, they're out of town. No, I'm not kidding. The Color Purple. When I was younger, I fucking was obsessed with that film. It's a great film. Loved it's a that great, movie. Great film. Um, never read the book or anything. I've only ever seen the movie, but I loved the movie, and I love Shug Avery. And my, when I saw Sally, I was like, "Hold on a second, you're that woman who sings, sister." You've mm. been on my mind. Anyway, very good. I didn't think that. I just thought, wow, another beautiful person. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, they all just love tubs. Like, that's just oh, every man's dream is just these two beautiful women. Like, Women love tubs and tubs loves his women. I took a really good um, clip, actually, of escalated emotion. Like, so between Sally, who's the other, who's Sugar Avery, um, and tubs just to show like the roller coaster of emotions that they're all on. Let me, <laughs> let me see if I can find it. Um, Orlando, a dog. His father. He got me out of New York. I would have died there if he hadn't. I owe him. Mm. Oh, dramas. Also, that's some serious dramatic pausing. Oh, man, it's so pausy. But the the, the, the aesthetic is so good you get through it. It's like anti-Gilmore Girls. Mm. Like Gilmore Girls is just like nothing to look at except for... um, um, anyway, I'm not going to talk about my teenage crush on what's her name from Gilmore Girls. Right, Laura <laughs> but Lyle, nothing to look Rory. at and just uh, um, uh, what's which one? Laura Lie or Rory? Rory. I had a big crush on Rory when I was 15. Oh, cool. Big crush on Rory when I was 15. <laughs> I had a big anyway. crush on Melissa McCarthy. Did she was, you? She yeah. was in that show. What? Oh, she was. I never watched it. Yeah, I loved um, her. 
But what I'm saying is not much to look at, but a lot of talking versus this show, which is like, like just all visual appeal and lots of pauses. Just oh, so many. That man killed my brother. <laughs> he killed my brother. Uh, There's also like um, the thing I really love, and this is almost the... It, th- this is a story about a cycle of violence. It's about, you know, this is what I was saying. There's maybe some more profound ideas here. It's the cycle of violence. It's this idea of like, when will it end? When does it end? Mm. Turns out when you kill John Leguizamo. Then exactly. It's so um, John comes <laughs> off the plane, but it, uh, what a weird ending. <laughs> so now that the, it's worth talking <laughs> yeah. about the winning. So John oh, yeah, Leguizamo yeah, yeah. gets yeah. off the plane. He meets up with <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Absolutely delicious to see the two of them together. Just mm. want to say. Um, and they're walking down the street along with some other guy who I looked him up and he's like the world's most famous extra. He's been in Dirty Dancing. Oh, he's wow. been in, but all as an extra. Kalito's yeah, wow. Way, like a lot wow. of movies from like the late 80s that like big ones and he's like an extra in them. Love that guy. They're all walking down the street with their Tommy guns. Mm. Um, the nice fisherman that tried to help but his mates were like, don't help, gives Tubbs a big gun, a big gun. This gun is huge. It's like six foot. <laughs> Because he w- it's good. This is a good thing. Yeah, thank God that Tubbs has a gun because now he can win. Um, and so he gets this big gun and there's this big, like, literally Tubbs is running across a field. It's clear where he's running. And they're just showering bullets and none of them hit him. No. Um, then he hides behind a house. Then Alicia, his partner, the, the, the horse, the girl on a horse, she f- gets her hands on a gun, shoots Vincent D'Onofrio in the back. And then, and I'm looking at the time of how long the episode is to go. My and God. it says 45 seconds. And I'm like, how is that 45 seconds? It's like, no, John Leguizamo was alive and they're running around a house. Then he grabs Alicia from a, around the neck, points a gun at Tubbs and says, I'm going to kill her. Then she somehow gets free. Tubbs shoots John Leguizamo in the back. John Leguizamo dies. Tubbs picks up Alicia. And then that's the end. And all of that happened on a freeze freeze frame. frame. And all of that happened in 45 seconds. Now, it was such a dramatic ending. I was like, I have to watch the next episode just to see. Oh, wow. I watched watched the first three minutes and then I skipped to the middle of the episode and then I skipped it. It's not brought up. No. No, the next episode is, is just like a whole – there's a, a, a high-speed speedboat race or, like, oh, yeah. chase, sorry, but it's not once brought up that literally the day earlier you shot John Leguizamo in the back on an island where everyone wanted to kill you. I wouldn't be going back to work after that. I'd need some serious therapy. You get stuck on an island. You get stuck on an island where everyone wants to kill you. That is – Firstly, the best horror movie ever. I want. I'm a, and I'm a horror. Movie. I'm talking, Zach. Okay, all right. You get stuck on an island. I'm gonna plus it, but that's fine. <laughs> sorry, I was just gonna plus what you were saying. Oh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> sorry, go just on. Gonna agree, but no, you go. You go. Agree you with me. No, agree with me, please. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, yeah, everyone's on an island. Go on. <laughs> you're on a. You're on a thing. Oh. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that if that horror movie hasn't been written yet, it needs to be, and I certainly haven't mm-hmm. seen it. But if anyone out there knows of one that's similar, I want to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's then episode sh- seventeen of Miami Vice. Yeah. Then you have three men <laughs> showering bullets at you. Your girlfriend nearly dies. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's another woman on this island that you used to have sex with that's fighting with your partner. So much is happening. The entire island. The cops want you dead. The preacher at the church wants you dead. Mm-hmm. And then the next day you're on a speedboat with Don Johnson, just like in a pastel shirt, 
That's like, the layer it? of this show that I think we haven't been able to appreciate. I'm so glad you watched another episode. And I know you talked about doing a, uh, a podcast of Miami Vice and I would actively encourage it. I'd be happy to, you know, maybe sort of start a Mission Zachiverse uh, type situation. <laughs> we can have a business meeting and talk about this as, a, as, a, as an option. Um, but I... I uh, I think that's the layer that we're missing in all of this, right? What we're seeing is uh, the one thread of continuing story, mm-hmm. but that's not what this show was. That's what we're used to now. What this show was usually mm-hmm. was just all of this posturing, all of this aesthetic, all of this macho, but a new case every week. <laughs> like, like, And I'm pretty sure the bulk of what they do is go <laughs> undercover. It's like... Are you fucking kidding? Like, it's like as if you wouldn't, after seven years in one city, always wearing the coolest clothes, your best friend, the fucking whitest dude you've ever met in the world, fucking Kevin Costner over here, (laughs) people wouldn't start to go, I think you might be a cop. (laughs) (laughs) And when they're like... Why Why do you think that? It's like, look, all the reasons that were just listed, but also you literally killed my best friend last week. Yeah. <laughs> and right and now you're just hanging out on a speedboat. I like, saw you at the police station yeah. in the same, like, cool cutoffs yeah. and jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two, three weeks ago when I was arrested with my friend yeah. who you then killed. Yeah. And you had a different name then. And now you're trying to buy a speedboat off me. <laughs> I don't. I'm really confused. I'm so thrown right now. Oh, so I, good. Um, I also love the layer then of trying to do, like, continuous story. But, you know, with, like, Netflix, right, episode 10 out of 10, they go, um, they say, like, it's like you've watched episodes one through nine. You know what I mean? You've watched all the episodes. So they don't have to recap. And even like maybe Dexter, when it started the Showtime HBO thing, they did those previously ons. Yep. With this, it's almost like even if you come in halfway through, you have to know what's going on. You have to be able to like pop it on the tally, TV comes on, you, you flick to whatever channel it's on. And despite the fact that this is part three or four of like this multi-arc, multi-year story, the story of a man who lost his wife, who lost his, 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 the, his woman, he describes her yeah, as, his that was child. my woman. Cycles of violence, you know. A man <laughs> who, who... A man has lost his woman. A man has lost his woman. Uh, the, not only that, there is a man who um, is is the most evil person to him, but also is the only person keeping the economy of this island afloat. The moral complexity of all that and half the episode is, okay, so now this guy is the son of the man. (laughs) This is the man that killed. So what I need to explain to you is I had a wife and a child. You never told me that. doesn't matter. So he killed the wife. Doesn't matter. It's so much exposition. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Because it has to be. It has to be. It's so fucking crazy. And, like, in order for the storyline to go on, when he's telling Alicia that uh, Orlando Calderon killed his woman and his child, when he's telling Alicia, his partner, that, 
she just has to accept it in order for the story to go on. So she's just oh, like, man. you never told me that. He's like, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't get it together. And she's like, you don't, you shouldn't hold in emotional turmoil like that. You just shouldn't hold it in like that. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You, what do you mean? Less what? than a year ago, his woman and his child exploded in a car. <laughs> Expl- and you've just been dating him all well. And he's like, I never told you I had a kid and that my woman died. And that I saw that. And that I saw that. That changes That changes how a person thinks and feels, man. If I found out that my partner had watched his woman and his child explode in a car less than a year ago, I'd think that there was some shit going on there. Especially if he was like, that. oh, I just went back to work the next day. It was fine. I think no. you're a fucking psychopath. Not only that, you were at work when it happened. (laughs) Not only that, not only that, I'm sorry, I know she explained, you had a wife, you had a a woman, you had a child. This is relevant to me. Yeah, this is relevant to us moving forward. But also that, like, I mean, none of that beats the last episode where literally within half a day he accepts that he has a child. He's like, wait, is that really your child? I think it is. Congratulations, man. <laughs> My baby. It's like, can't you met this baby once? <laughs> that is so, oh, fuck, it's so brilliant. Um, I will say to all of our listeners that it is very possible to watch both of the Leguizamo episodes having not watched any other Miami Vice because of mm. that. And it was kind of interesting to see the two of them back to back. So I was like, oh, let's see the journey or whatever. Um, I think it's time that we move, uh, jump straight into our Leguistamos, whoever it was that came up with that brilliantness. I really have. Zach, why don't you go first this week and let us know how many Leguistamos you give Miami Vice Season 3, Episode 17. The Leguistamo is not in it a lot and he doesn't say much and uh, it's very like, it feels like, um, you know when you would do bubble writing on an A4 piece of paper and you'd do a really big first letter and then a really big second letter and then a slightly smaller third letter because you realise you've got seven letters and you're halfway through the oh, page. Zach, that is such a brilliant and analogy. And shrinks and shrinks. Yeah. Um, it's so well paced for the first 45 minutes if, if this episode had run for an hour 45. Yeah. Leguizamo lens, you talk about we've got 45 seconds yeah. um, uh, to go and Leguizamo's not dead yet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say I had the same moment when there was four, four or five minutes to go and Leguizamo lands. It's building, 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 yeah. and then literally with four minutes, Leguizamo comes in. And this isn't just because I'm a Leguizamo fan. It's all about this character. Yeah. It's years. This man killed his woman and his child and he's like in and then he shoots him and it's done and then he goes speedboat racing the next day. Um, so for, for that, right, it definitely loses a lot of Leguizamos. Like it loses a lot. It goes down to two Leguizamos, right? But this is controversial. This is the first time I've introduced this concept. I think that Vincent D'Onofrio is worth one and a half Leguizamos. There oh, is a value. Wow. There is a value in a Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm. Leguizamo in his purest form is five Leguizamos. Yeah. D'Onofrio is a one and a half leg. No, well, he in his purest form is a, is a three and a half Leguizamo. Yeah. Do you know what I'm getting at here? I get what you're saying. If uh, I think that... Um, I think that uh, the first hour of Full Metal Jacket has a good Leguizamo score mm. because it's got Vincent D'Onofrio in it. Okay. And that's why I give this three and a half stars. Leguizamo. Three and a half Leguizamos. Whoops. 
are you okay with this D'Onofrio thing? I feel yeah, like I've I fucking give changed a, the fucking like, game here. I don't give here. a fuck. It's fine. Um, so <clears throat> I hear what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I believe the fact that the importance of John Leguizamo in this episode, because the mm. entire episode was about him, mm-hmm. the entire episode, everyone on this island worshipped this guy. Like you said at the start, it was thick with Leguizamo the entire time. And when his little five foot seven frame steps off that, that you know, personal Size appropriate plane. plane. Yeah, that size appropriate <laughs> plane with his little cigarette and his giant blazer, mm. you're hit with the legs. And you it's are. a it's a beautiful moment. I will say, however, <clears throat> that the fact that they rushed that end, he just he just dead. And if I had watched <laughs> the next episode and they had discussed his death in any way, discussed the intensity of the entire situation that Tubbs had been through with John Legs. Mm-hmm. I might have I, – I believe it would have been worth a whole extra legs. But because that wasn't in there, I'm removing a legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love seeing baby legs. I think baby legs gives me such joy and happiness. Um, and if you reach deep, deep down into his giant blazer pockets – you'll find four solid Leguizamos. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. Like, that's a really good Leguizamo score. Mm. Um, I, as you were saying it, um, a, a, an alternative title for this episode could have been Waiting for Leguizamo. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, Leguizamo could have never come and we'd have all gone, mm. Mm. Um, it wasn't about Leguizamo. <laughs> it wasn't it was about, about their Leguizamo. idea of Leguizamo. Exactly. Um, I also love that you talked about uh, This baby. episode was like a Beckett play. <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> I also love that you talked about baby Leguizamo mm. um, because I think there's there's something people assume young Leguizamo equals hot Leguizamo. No, which no. I think hot Leguizamo is um, is more 90. Well, it's all Leguizamo. Yeah, well, if you look at his filmography, it yeah. pretty much goes Miami Vice, which was 1987 and 1986 when he did it first time, mm. to 1990. There's this big period of time that Leguizamo did a bunch of independent stuff. Mm a bunch of short films, and kind of just got hot. <laughs> just got hot? <laughs> just got a bit hot. Um, so, like he said himself, I've seen in interviews and stuff like that, he might have even posted on Instagram when he shared one of our posts um, that it was his first thing out of acting school was my it was. advice. was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it took him a while and then he kind of jumped back in in the early 90s with Carlito's Way, which I'm very excited to watch. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah. So- what I'm curious to know is, in Carlito's way, did he go away, go into a cocoon and merge as Hot Leguizamo? Like I a, haven't seen like Carlito's way. I'll ne- what we need to do is establish at what film did John Leguizamo change from baby Leguizamo yeah. to Hot Leguizamo? It's like a there Pokemon. has to have there has to have been a, a project he did mm-hmm. where he went, where it changed, where there was a shift. And did it happen in that in-between period? Did he, was he baby Leguizamo and then he came back as Hot Leguizamo in the early 90s? Or was Hot Leguizamo more around the mid-90s? Because like, we know he was Hot Leguizamo by Mario. Mario. Yeah, we by know Mario, by Mario. He was there. He's hot. Dude, Whispers uh, in the Dark, 1992, Hot Legs. Hot legs, so we know actually, yeah, that yep. we're getting so we've, closer we've, there. We've, 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 we have gotten we've, closer. We've made, it's so, somewhere between 87 and 92. Yeah. At what point between 87 and 92 did John Leguizamo go from become being hot, baby hot, hot Leguizamo to become Hot Luzamo? Hot Guzamo. Hot Which Guzamo. is like the, the char, I don't know the Pokemons. Well from enough. baby legs to Hot Guzamo. 
And then, and then I think then, then there's like character actor Guzamo. Yeah. And that's, you know, roughly where, but, you know, we also need to, but he stays hot. But there's but a point where he became hot way. dad like Guzamo. Yes. Yeah. Dad Guzamo. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got baby Guzamo. Baby Guzamo. No, it's baby legs. Baby legs. Hot Guzamo. Hot Guzamo. And then there's dad Guzamo. There might actually be other evolutions mm. there as well. Like I think the 2000s is a bit blurry. Mm. Um, but we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll sharpen that up over the next three years. It'll be good. <laughs> um, I have a couple of reviews to read. <clears throat> Love it. Thank you so much, everyone who does leave us five star reviews. We really appreciate it. Um, please leave us some. We love them. Uh, I love this one from Emily, uh, who gave us five stars. Titled it "Great Show." Thank you. She said, I love this show, learning a lot about One Pot Pasta. Also, I'm too scared of Naomi to not immediately leave this review. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> we get it. Noms is petrifying. Uh, we've also got one from Hannah Lisa D, who wrote Cheers for the Pod, five stars. Great. Hi. I think I'm one of the listeners that has loyalty loyally stuck by you guys since recap days. Heck, mm-hmm. this is just the best. Keen to see how the next three years go. That's lovely. I can't say how the next three years will go. I, I know, and I, as I sort of said, I know for the next 10 weeks, I'm going to slowly lose my mind. Yeah. I'm going to, you're going to get a crazy, yeah, I think you're going to get from me, this is going to be an interesting dynamic because on recaps, Mish, you and I lost our mind together. Mm-hmm. We were watching three hours of, uh, re, you know, so we lost our, this is what's going to happen here is Zach's going to lose his mind mm-hmm. and, and how, does Mish steer that ship? <laughs> oh, this is going to be very interesting. We're going to watch. Oh, choo-choo. <laughs> choo On board, Zach. Oh, Captain God, I'm Mish. petrified. Oh, Captain Mish. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, like, I don't like being the captain. I like being the first mate. You can be, you, you, you know, normally we're partners. We go in this together. When we lose our minds, we do it together. But I need you, Mish. I need you to be the captain of this ship. I need a dad Guzamo to my baby Guzam. <laughs> baby legs. <laughs> baby legs. Baby I'm going to be the dad Guzamo to your baby legs, Zach. And one day I'm sure at some point. You will have to return the favour. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to be, but we'll um, find out. Um, <laughs> Tom Armstrong, could you please leave us with just a couple of cheeky seconds of One Kiss Away by Loz Neto. And while you're all listening to it, picture yourselves riding along on a horse, having a pash. Thank you, Mish Wittrup. Thank you, Zach. And congratulations on your Netflix show. I'm so proud of you. I, what, I... <laughs> <laughs> you walked in my life. Then into the night Hey, where we going to? A change in the wind I never met a woman I never met anyone Like you So what do we do? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.